Welcome to the Apostle Frederick Aluluma podcast channel. This Wednesday, Apostle continues in the faith series as he preaches a sermon titled, The Object of Our Faith. In this service, he teaches that the objective of our faith is not in our own faith, but in Jesus. And that faith works with love. Grab your Bible, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. God, and this evening we're going to be looking at a very, very interesting topic. I'll be sharing something very beautiful with you. And it's something that's going to amaze you. So I want us to start by going to the book of Acts chapter number 3. Acts chapter 3. And we're going to start all the way from verse 1. We're going to read Acts chapter number 3. And we're going to start all the way from verse 1. And it's an incredible portion of scripture. An incredible portion. Something that will absolutely bless your life. Praise the Lord. And so let's begin. Now Peter and John went up together to the, to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those people who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about going to the temple, asked for alms. Praise God. And fixing his eyes on them, with John, Peter said, look at us. And he went on to say, silver and, 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 and so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And in verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, if you continue reading this portion of scripture, you'll realize that a wonderful miracle happened. An amazing miracle happened. This man who was like this from the time he was young ended up actually walking. He ended up walking. Praise God. And there is something very interesting that we now get to see in a conversation. Something interesting we get to see in a conversation that... Uh, that Peter got to have with the people. So, I want us to keep looking at that. Something very amazing happened. Praise the name of the Lord. We get to see something really, really, really amazing happening. And here's what we get to see. The man begins to walk and, you know, the people began to jubilate and celebrate and it was all rosy. 
But then in verse 12, I want you to see what happened. Peter says something in verse 12. Peter says, when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Let's go on. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the prince of life whom God has raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. And his name, and through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Praise the name of the Lord. We're going we're gonna to end there. I want us to have an understanding of something important here. The object of our faith is not ourselves. The object of our faith is Jesus. The object of our faith is not ourselves. That's why after Peter, uh, James, and John, after they performed this wonderful miracle, he did not then draw attention to himself. He drew his attention to the object of their faith. He begins, listen, listen he tells them, why are you marveling as though it's by our own godliness or our own righteousness that we've done this? And then he begins to speak of Jesus. And in this scripture, he says, but in his name and through faith in his name. I'm saying this because many times we, give, we put ourselves under so much pressure that if we're not careful, we begin to idolize our faith instead of looking unto Jesus. Praise God. Listen, the trouble with looking unto yourself is that you've got a limit. Even your faith level has not yet reached infinite. But he is the author and he's also the finisher. And this is the secret that these guys knew. That's why I find it amazing. He tells them, look guys, you're not supposed to marvel at the quality of this miracle. As though it's by my own godliness. As though it's by my own prayers. As though it's by my own fasting. As though it's by my own study. No, there is somebody I've believed in who's done something way greater. Does that mean we do not pray and fast? Does that mean we do not study the scriptures? We do all those things knowing that we are locking into the finished works of Jesus. We do not do those things to try and counter what he did or to try and compete with him. I mean, can you compare taking three hours to study Isaiah 53 to the actual Isaiah 53 where he was beaten? You cannot compare that. That's why at the end of the day, all glory goes back to him. So the object of our faith is Jesus. And if the object of your faith remains Jesus, you will always grow. Your faith will always increase. Because looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith. And that's something that the body of Christ needs to learn. The object of our faith is Jesus. It's interesting. The object of our faith is not even our pastor. Oh, I, I, I just said something there. Have you studied in Hebrews chapter 11? We are given the whole of faith and we are shown great people who've done great things through faith. Okay, L let's look at it. Uh, Hebrews 11, let's look at verse 40. We are shown great people. It starts all the way from Abraham and all those people. 
And it says, God, having provided something better from us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Okay? Then chapter 12 is a continuation from chapter 11. It says, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, that shows you something. The whole essence of God putting seniors, the whole essence of God uh, allowing you to connect with those who are senior to you in the faith is so that you've got something to imitate. It's so that you've got a place to start from. But at the end of the day, you should be looking unto Jesus. That's the author and finish of your faith. Praise God. And that's why even the pastor you look up to is also still looking unto Jesus. No wonder Paul gives the context of imitation. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. If he's continuing to imitate Christ, then he'll continuously also be growing. So when we are told, since we've got such a great cloud of witnesses, in short, when we look at all the people that inspire our faith, it should actually encourage us to do verse 2. And what's verse 2? Verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So the object of our faith is Jesus. You know, there are some people who sometimes when they hear a message on faith, they'll sit down and they'll be sulking and say, you know what? Things just won't go well because my faith is so small and A, B, C, D. And I'm thinking that's the problem. That's the problem. We are looking unto you. We are looking unto your faith. Your faith won't grow by you criticizing it. Your faith will grow by you looking unto Jesus. Because it's, it's got an assured way of growing. It's got, we've already been told how to grow it. There's someone we have to look to. Praise God. So we look unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. That's why you find that faith is something interesting because it, it doesn't come by fasting. It doesn't come by prayer. It comes by hearing. Then what's the essence of the prayer and the fasting? Now that's you working out your faith. It comes by hearing. And hearing what? Hearing about this person called Jesus. So why does your faith increase when you watch maybe testimonies or inspiring stories or men of God uh, tell you that? Because as they are speaking, you can hear the Jesus in them. You can see these are the works of Jesus. What's my main point today? The object of our faith is Jesus. So don't uh, idolize yourself. Don't become your own model simply because you've done one or two works. At the same time, don't look down on yourself simply because you've not hit one or two heights. We've all been given the standard. And everyone who's been put around you is there to inspire and encourage you as you continue on this journey looking unto Jesus. And what is he? He's the author and he's also the finisher of our faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the great heroes of faith that we see in the Bible didn't look to themselves. They didn't look to themselves. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, you notice a young man named David. And you know, we've been talking about him a lot. Eh? And David was anointed. And when he was anointed, he did something with the anointing. He killed the lion, he killed the bear. And I remember when he was talking to, to Saul, and he was telling him, look, uh, I've killed a lion before, I've killed a bear before, so allow me to get at Goliath. And so in chapter 17, he starts having this conversation with Goliath. And I want you to see something interesting. Uh, give me verse 40. I want you to see something interesting. And in verse 40, the Bible tells us what this gentleman did. He took a staff in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand. 
and he drew near to the Philistine. You know, the five smooth stones. There are many uh, wonderful revelations. I've heard of it, okay? Um, for example, I don't know if you know about the five dimensions of the hand of God, which is revealed in the Old Testament. Some people believe that, that maybe that's why it was five smooth stones. And then the others who believe that Goliath had four brothers. So he was like one for Goliath, and these four for the brothers. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. And you know, if you are to study what it took for a stone to kill a giant, that stone practically became a bullet. There was something, even if Goliath, <laughs> let's continue. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. Goliath was so huge, he needed an entire human being to carry his shield. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy, and good-looking. Praise God. And so the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. And you know, that's Satan's tactic till now. Notice, before you're even starting the prayer session to pray about that item, he's already, he's already trying to finish you in your thoughts. He's already trying to finish you in your heart. It's like, who are you? What can your prayers do? And so he began to curse him. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Uh-huh. Then David said to the Philistine, and, you know, I've got a studio audience with me. I think they're, they're going to help me out. Sometimes, you know, I don't know, sometimes you might not see things right, you know, this technology thing. So please, if I read the wrong thing, just help me out. So then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you with two years of experience. Oh. Really? I come to you with a CV of having killed a bear and a lion. Oh. Are you serious? I come to you with, with, with five stones. That's not what he said. Look at what he says. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. What does that show you? The object of David's faith was not even his experience. His experience was there to encourage him. The object of his faith was not even the five stones. Of course, he was probably skillful with stones. But the object of his faith remained the name of the Lord. And you see, that's how faith works. That's how faith works. The object of your faith must be Jesus. The one you should always be envisioning must be Jesus. That's how faith works. Somebody said, the object of my faith is Jesus. And that's why, if we want to grow our faith, what must we do? We must look unto Jesus. We must follow the example of Jesus. We must make Jesus our role model in the area of faith. And you know what? Even Jesus himself, Jesus himself, he's interesting, he didn't objectify himself. Very, very, very interesting. Somebody said, the object of my faith is Jesus. I want you to see something. And in teaching us about ourselves, he made something very interesting. Eh? He says in uh, verse 5 of John 15, 
He says in verse 5 of John 15, when he says, uh, he's the vine and we are the branches. Observe this. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. <laughs> Apart from me, you can do nothing. He, he's, he's showing us how indeed we must maintain that attitude where we know who the object of our faith is. And the object of our faith is Jesus. So if you want to grow your faith, look to Jesus. If you feel you're struggling with weak faith, look to Jesus. If you feel your faith has grown, thank Jesus. I, I hope somebody is getting what I'm trying to say. Now, this faith of which our object is Jesus has got a way in which it works. I've mainly got two points for you today. The first point was the object of our faith is Jesus. The second point is the manner in which this faith works. It's got a context in which it works. Let's, let's look at it. Galatians. Galatians chapter number five. I, I, would, I would like us to look at Galatians chapter number five. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the people. And he makes a very interesting statement in verse 6. But perhaps we can start from verse 4 or 5. Perhaps we can start from verse 4 or verse 5. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So let's look at Galatians 5. We're going to start from verse 4. And he's talking to the people of Galatia. And he says, you have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Praise God. It says you have fallen from grace. And it, it's quite interesting because when you see the term falling from grace, uh, there's one context in which it's used uh, in light of someone backsliding and sinning. It's interesting the context in which it's used in this one. It's where somebody decides to, to be justified by actions rather than by God's grace. He actually says you've fallen. Praise God. Now, in verse 5, it says, For we, through the Spirit, eagerly await for the hope of righteousness by faith. Now, let's continue. For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Give me from the King James. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So who's the object of our faith? Jesus. What's the context in which faith works? Through love. I'll say that again. Who's the object of our faith? Jesus. What's the context in which it works? Through love. What do I mean when I say that? If the object of our faith is Jesus, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word, what is this word that we hear? 
The word that we hear is about Jesus coming and, you know, he died for us and he rose again. Now, what's the context of Jesus coming? It was love. If I'm telling you, if you want to preserve your faith, if you want your faith to be functional, never neglect the aspect of love. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And then now it's us that whosoever believes, whosoever believes, what's being shown there? Faith. Whosoever believes, what's being shown there? Faith. What's the context of the faith? It's the love. And that's the love that made him send Jesus. So our first goal is to understand the love God has for us. I'm telling you, you must understand the love God has for you. I've prayed for many people who want a healing. I've noticed the two biggest questions. If, if they are not saved, it's, or if they've not been exposed to a certain message, the question will be, is, is he able to do it? Is he able? Is, it, is this curable? Is it possible? So it's the question of, remember that man who approached Jesus and said, if you can. And then if you read it from the NIV, he's he actually goes like, if? <laughs> and then Jesus turns it back and says, if you can believe. Then the other question people usually have is, is he winning? Because some have been taught that, you know, maybe God is trying to teach you something or, you know, he answers for these or he didn't answer for those. And if you're not careful, you can produce a bitterness. You find when someone hears a testimony, they're no longer inspired. They're just feeling like, oh, so you did it for that one, eh? I've been praying for three years. This guy just got saved and you did it for them. So the other question is, is he willing? And you can see that from the leper. Remember the leper? There was that leper who asked, if you are willing, and he said, I will. Now, what's my point? My point is, the moment you come to a revelation, you come to an understanding of the love of God for you, those questions, you will not ask them anymore. The is he willing and is he able question, you will not ask them the moment you come to an understanding of his love for you. The moment you come to an understanding that God wants you healed more than you want the healing. The moment you come to an understanding that God wants that brother saved more than you want them saved. The moment you come to an understanding that God loves that sinner more than you do. The moment you come to that understanding that God wants to provide for you even more than you want the provision. When you come to that revelation of love, it becomes easy for your faith to work. Because you are transacting with a God who you know loves you. That's why look at Romans 8. When you look at Romans 8, I want you to see verse 31. In verse 31, the Bible says, praise God. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now look at the faith in verse 32. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not along with him freely give us all things? Now with what I've just told you about faith, wicked by love, and the love God had for us. Is, what is he trying to say? If he loved you so much that he gave you Jesus, why would he deny you anything else? And similarly, if you develop that love for people, it also becomes easy for you to minister to people. Your faith can easily be expressed to a person you love. I don't know if somebody is getting the point. So the context of your faith, the object of your faith is Jesus, right? He's the example. He's the model. And this faith, how does it work? It works by love. It works in this context called love. And if you're not careful, listen, if you neglect the love aspect, you become like those guys Paul talked about, those who begin to objectify their faith. <laughs> Haven't you seen them? Look at 1 Corinthians 13. I may speak the tongues of men and angels, but if I have no love, my speech is like a, a, a noisy gong. 
or a clanging symbol. So the guy just, as in you can be, if you're not careful, you can be one of those guys who says, like, you want everyone to be quiet so you can just show off. Me, I speak 15 languages in, in, in angelic. The whole, the whole world has to hear your tongue. Simply because people should know. What, what, are we in First Corinthians 13? What else does he go on to say? I want you to see this stuff. You know, he had taught them on the gifts, right? In 1 Corinthians 12. Then, then he tells them, I'll show you a more excellent way. That means that 1 Corinthians 13 is showing a more excellent way than 1 Corinthians 12. Meaning first, <laughs> praise God. 1 Corinthians 13 will produce more results. But guess what? Maybe I should say this, eh? Think about this. First Corinthians 12, he tells them about the gifts. And the Corinthian church was very interested in the gifts. Then, then he ends by saying, but I'll show you a more excellent way. In First Corinthians 12, verse 31. He says, endlessly desire the best gifts, and, be, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. Then chapter 13, I may speak the tongues of men and angels, verse 2. He says, I may have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. That's where you can have people who are very gifted but very arrogant. I'm telling you, making people beg for a miracle. Or even making people pay for a miracle. And then guess what? On earth, everyone sees you as a superstar. In heaven, you're not even among the brothers. Because in heaven, they consider you nothing. When they're calling the, the Roko, if they want to announce your name, they say, nothing. I'm telling you. Because you've neglected the major thing which is supposed to be the context of that love. You become like, uh, let's say, imagine a policeman taking the law into his own hands. The reason he was given that gun, the reason he was given that authority was to protect you. And then he now comes and says, pay me or else I'll beat you up. Then what have you become? Then look at verse 3. He goes on to say, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and yet have no love, it profits me nothing. Do you know that somebody can actually give gifts to the poor for the sake of... You know there are some people who give for the sake of feeling good about themselves that they are a good person who gives. You know that. And there, that's where you become the object of your faith. It's about, look at how good I am. I'm such a kind person that I can give this amount of money to those uh, starving children in Africa. There's a difference between giving like that and giving in the context of, wow, this person is worth it. This person is worth so much more. This person is so valuable to God that I can't allow them to go to bed without a meal, so let me give them. There's a difference. Praise God. And if you're given from the first part, you're not satisfied until people praise you for it. If you're given from the latter part, I'm not saying every person who gives in public is being hypocritical because we've got some public givings in the Bible. But if you're given from the latter part, for you, you thrive on the publicity. If you're given, if you're given from the aspect of the person is worth it, you really don't care who knows. Matter of fact, you don't mind people not knowing. And says, though I give my body to be burned, but have not love. So somebody can actually just sacrifice themselves just for the sake of looking good. But 
in 1 Corinthians 13, he teaches us on love, right? And then look at how he culminates it in 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 1. It says, uh-huh. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. That shows you something. Whereas love is greater than the gifts, the moment you pursue love, you want the gifts. Why? Because love, love is not just how you feel about someone. No, love, love does not bring about pity. It brings compassion. There's a difference between pity and compassion. Pity is, that's what's happening to you. Compassion is I can do something about it. So if you're a person of love, you want to improve your capacity to do things about something. That's why you desire the best gifts. You desire to be the most gifted person in the world because you just want to help everyone. You desire to be the wealthiest one because you just want to give to everyone. Praise God. I hope you're getting my point. For the love mission that Jesus Christ came for, are you seeing the power that had to back him up? If you want to walk in the highest dimensions of power, pursue love and desire the gifts. Don't forbid them. Praise the Lord. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So my major points for today have been as follows. Number one, the object of our faith is Jesus. And so because Jesus is the object of our faith, and he's the model of our faith, this faith that we have, there's a way that it works. How does it work? It works through love. It works in this context of love. It works with this knowledge that God really loved us that he sends Jesus. And because he loves us, he wants us to express this love to other people. The day you discover that, you will never charge for a healing. The day you discover that, you want to spread this gospel with everyone. When you discover this, you will never be judgmental. But rather, you offer everyone an opportunity to experience this grace that you've experienced. Praise the name of the Lord. I pray that you've been blessed by this short and powerful message. And I want you to look out because on our platforms, we've got some powerful announcements to give you this week. Otherwise, at this point, I would like us just to lift our hands and just thank the Lord for, for his love for us. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. This one thing remains. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just lift your hands, just praise him for his love. Praise him for his love. Praise him. Praise him for his love. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Take me to E, please. Thank him for his love. Kura basada da 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 Higher than the mountains that I face And stronger than the power of the grave Constant through the trial and the change One thing remains This one thing
As it overwhelms and satisfies my soul And I never ever have to be afraid This one thing remains Your love never fails and never gives up Never runs out on me Your love One more time, just thank you for his love. Your love, let's go. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives Father, we are grateful. We chose the way of love. We are grateful. We look unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. And indeed, we choose the way of love. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I would like you to know for those who are in the city of the Lord Church, and please this part ensure that they all get to hear or see it those who are in the city of the Lord Church for the next three days from Thursday to Saturday what we're going to do is that we're going to take time to just uh, we're going to have what is called three days of intimacy and on each of these days what we'll do there are specific guidelines that will be given but we're just showing the Lord that he is indeed the object of our faith so it'll be filled with a lot of worship praying in other tongues and just focusing on our Lord Jesus. Praise God. So we're having three nights of intimacy. So I want you to ensure that that, is, that message is delivered to each and every person. And by, by tonight, the prayer points for day one will be given. And uh, the same will continue each and every other night. So by tonight, prayer points for day one will be given, but it's generally just focusing on the Lord, and we're going to see many, 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 many breakthroughs. Those things that have been taking long, they're going to happen. Praise the Lord. Otherwise, we can give our offerings. The details will scroll on the screen, and as the details are scrolling, the sweet summits of Zion will send us off. I declare you blessed. You are blessed in all that you do. Your life is blessed and everything about you is blessed. Sweet Sons of Zion will send us off with every praise. Wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. Now, wherever you're listening from, we would like to hear from you. 
get in touch with us. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0953756076 or 0977474679. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Until next time, keep confessing the word of God over your life. Stay blessed.